one theme a week we try to study. In all of our Sunday school classes, in our children's church, and even on Sunday morning uh, in our worship service, we try to focus on one particular theme uh, that we're going to be studying together. This week's theme was, or is, humility. And a wonderful verse of Scripture. Turn in your Bibles. This is a verse of Scripture that we've been meditating on all week long. In the book of Philippians, chapter 2, and verse number 3. Turn in your Bibles there, if you will, please. Take out your sermon notes. You'll also see... Uh, the scripture there. But in Philippians chapter 2 and verse number 3, listen to what the scripture says. It says, Do nothing out of rivalry or deceit, but in humility consider others as more important than yourselves. Wow. What a verse of scripture. That's one of my favorite verses in the entire book of Philippians, that particular verse of Scripture. And oh, what a church we would have. Oh, what a small group we would have. Oh, what a Sunday school ministry we would have. If everyone lived in Philippians chapter 2 and verse number 3. To where we came into a situation or an environment or a worship service or a church or a small group or a Sunday school class and we walked in there and we said, you know what? It's not about me. It's about me trying to be a blessing to you. It's realizing that you're more important than I am. So, Brother Eldon, are you comfortable, brother? Right there. Are you? All right. I'm glad. I'm up here working and you're just sitting there all laid back. All right. See, that's Philippians chapter 2 and verse number 3 right there, okay? It's esteeming others more important than yourself. What a wonderful verse of Scripture. I wish I could preach on it, but I'm not. I'm going to change direction this morning and share with you a message that I feel the Lord has laid on my heart earlier this week. And I'm going to break away, if you will, from the model that we put together of trying to stay on one theme. But here's the disadvantage that I have. I only get one shot at you a week. That's it. And then if Brother Daniel preaches, I don't even get a shot at you, okay? Normally the message that I'm going to share with you this morning is possibly a message that I would share with you on a Wednesday evening. It may be a message that I would share with you on a Sunday evening if we had a Sunday evening worship service. But being I just get one shot at you, I've got to take this time slot on Sunday morning and share with you a message just simply entitled, Fulfilling Your Life Mission. What is it that God has called us to do? What is our mission in life? As a matter of fact, this message today and the verse of Scripture that I'm going to be using and some other verses relating to it is at the nucleus of the birth of Victory Church. It's why we moved here in March of 1999 to start this work. It's why we are continuing to make changes so that we can continue this work. It's all about fulfilling our life mission. Take your Bibles, if you will, please. I can't remember if I put the Scripture in your notes or not. Gospel of John, do I have that in your notes for you? Okay. You have in your notes, if you want to take your Bible, you can read along. Verses 35 in chapter 1 of the Gospel of John. Chapter 1 in verse number 35. What a wonderful, I love this portion of of the book of John. Matter of fact, there's nothing in the Bible I don't love. You know, I'm a preacher, okay? You love it all, right? 
Of course, we all should. But I love the passage in verse 35 down through verse number 42. Just let me read it to you this morning. It says, Again the next day, John was standing with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, Look, the Lamb of God. Now just call a time out right there. One of the best ways to study Scripture is as you're reading the Bible, put yourself in that story. Visualize yourself standing there when John all of a sudden looks through the crowd and he says, Behold, look, pay attention, the Lamb of God. You know who he was pointing out. I know who he was pointing out. He was pointing out Jesus. And he was drawing their attention to the Lord Jesus. In verse 37, the two disciples heard him say this and follow Jesus. Wow. They just heard him say, look, the Lamb of God. And as soon as their attention was drawn to him, they immediately left and followed Jesus. And when Jesus turned and noticed them following him, he asked, What are you looking for? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? And he says in verse 39, Come and you will see. And so they went and they saw where he was staying and they stayed with him that day and it was about 10 in the morning. Pay attention to verse 40 down through verse number 42, for that will be my text. In verse number 40, the scripture says that Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard John, John the Baptist, say, look, follow him, the Lamb of God. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard John and followed him. He first found his own brother, Simon, and told him, We have found the Messiah, which means the Anointed One, and brought Simon to Jesus. And then, of course, there was a profound work that took place in Simon's life. And Jesus knew what he was going to do with this brother, of Andrews called Simon and he changed his name right there and they both together went and followed Jesus. I want to try to share with you three or four things out of this passage of Scripture, verses 40 through 42 this morning. As we start unpacking, as we start thinking about what is our life mission? What is it? that God has called us to do while we are here on this earth. You pray with me this morning. Father, Lord, we do stand humbly before you this morning. And God, we do thank you for your son Jesus and what he did on the cross, redeeming us, loving us when we were unlovable. Saving us when we didn't even know we needed salvation. Thank you for thinking of us. 
And thank you for allowing us to have a wonderful privilege and opportunity to be part of sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. My prayer is today that our hearts would be moved this morning, that we would be stirred, even convicted, that we would get busy living out our life mission. Father, I pray that you bless the reading, the teaching, the preaching, and the receiving of your word this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Another verse of scripture that goes right along with this passage that we see in the book of John is found in Acts chapter 20 and verse number 24. The scripture says, The most important thing is that I complete my mission. The work that the Lord Jesus gave me to tell people the good news about God's grace. Well, what is our mission? What is it exactly that we are to be doing on a weekly basis, daily basis, while we are here? I want to share with you about four things. Number one, take your notes out, jot this down. Number one, what is our mission? Here's our mission. Our mission is to invite other people into God's family. That's our mission. What are we to be doing while we're here? While we are here in this body, on this earth, our mission is to be inviting people into the family of God. Look what Andrew did in verse number 40. The Bible says that Andrew, Simon Peter's brother was one of the two who heard John and followed him. It says in verse 41, he first found his own brother Simon and told him, we have found the Messiah. You know what took place? Andrew saw Jesus and he went and told his brother and he said, you got to come and see. I, I, I want you to come and see the Messiah. I want you to come. We have found, we have seen, we have, our eyes have beheld. The Son of God, come and see. What did Andrew do? He invited his brother to come and see. Now there's a whole lot more I could say about that, but what is it that we are to be doing? We are to be inviting people to come and see. Guys, do you realize the heartbeat of Victory Church has always been evangelism to where we invite folks to come and see? When I pull my ear, you know what that means. I'm looking for an amen. The Bible says, look what it says in the book of Acts, chapter 1 and verse number 8. It says, you will be my witnesses. We are to be his witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth. We are to be a witness, not a prosecuting attorney, not a judge, but just a witness. To invite folks to come and see. Can I ask you a question, church, Victory? Have we invited anyone this week? Did we invite anyone to church today? Did we invite? You see, the problem, and this has always been somewhat of a fear of mine... That as our church grew, you see, when we were young and just 20 or 30 or 40 people, we knew we had to go out and invite folks. I mean, it's just a no-brainer. It's really difficult to do church with 25 or 30 people. 
Hello? But the problem, and a little bit of what I feared, and like I said, I, I almost feel like I need to apologize for preaching this on Sunday morning. It needs to be a Sunday night or a Wednesday night, but I don't have that opportunity, so I've got to share it with you this morning. So, some of my fear is that when we get to this size, we've got a lot of different things going on. We've got a lot of different ministries. I mean, we've got our Hispanic Thanksgiving ministry that we're trying to launch. We want everyone to get involved in that. We've got our Camp Hope ministry that we're being involved in and we're going to take different teams to go down and actually literally help build this chapel. We're going to be doing that. We've got different ministry teams that are very active. We're doing Operation Christmas Child. We're doing so many different things that a lot of times it's real easy to just now quit inviting and start just kind of enjoying what's going on in the church. But guys, you know what? Our mission is to go and tell. Our mission is to invite other people into the family of God. We see that Andrew did that. He was sharing what he had seen and what he had heard. What's the message? Number two, jot this down. What's the message? The message is the good news. It's the good news of Jesus Christ. I mean, the mission is go and tell and invite people in. What's the message? The message is we, Andrew said, we have found the Messiah. <laughs> That's the message. What's the message for us? As we go out and we interact with our co-workers and we interact with our family and we interact with our community and we interact with our neighbors, what's the message? The message is we have found the Messiah. Can I ask you a question? Has Jesus changed your life at all? I'll put both hands up. He has changed my life. Has He changed yours? If He has, let's give Him a praise offering because He's worthy. Amen? I thank God I'm not the man I used to be. Now, I'm not all that I need to be. But thank God I'm not what I used to be. I'm still growing. God's not done with me yet. I'm still growing. Hopefully we all are. But the message is, we have found the Messiah. The very same message that Andrew had. That's the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And what we need to be doing, we need to be sharing that wonderful message with everyone we come in contact with and invite them to Jesus. Invite, if you're uncomfortable doing that, at least invite them to church. I promise you, I'm as prayed up as I know to be on Sunday morning. I'm as studied up as I know to be on Sunday morning. I'm as passionate about preaching God's Word as I can totally be. I mean, I love to preach. I love to share. You get them here. I'll make you this commitment. I'll do my dead level best to preach the Word of God to them. But we've got to invest. We've got to invite. We've got to share the message. We have found the Messiah. Listen, guys, we live in a hurting world. All around us, the world is hurting. I mean, divorces on every hand, not only in the world, even in our church. It's tough. It's hard. People are hurting. What do we need to do? We've got to reach out with them, to them, and invite them in and introduce them to the healer, the great physician that can touch their heart and heal those wounds and those emotions and, the, and those difficulties and those relationships. And, and on and on and on it goes. Guys, we've got a wonderful message. 
And I just wonder, are we sharing it? Well, what are some of the benefits? Real quickly, I'll hit this in passing. What's some of the benefits of the message? <laughs> Number one is forgiveness. We have forgiveness of our past. And thank God for that. Forgiveness for my past. 2 Corinthians 5 and 19 says, For God was in Christ. Get this now. Martin Luther, when he was reading this, he said, Who could believe such a thing? That God was in Christ, restoring the world to Himself, no longer counting men's sins against them, but blotting them out. This is the wonderful message that He's given us to tell others. 2 Corinthians 5.19 You know what happens as a result of receiving the wonderful message, the good news of Jesus Christ? Our sins are forgiven. They're blotted out. We're made whiter than snow. I don't know about you, but I'm not a perfect person. I need God's forgiveness. Hello? And when we come to the cross of Jesus Christ and we accept Him as our Lord and Savior, our sins are forgiven. The second benefit is this. He has a purpose for us. Listen, you're not here by accident. He gives us a purpose for living right now. People today are seeking that. They're wondering, what is life all about? What's the reason I even exist? Jeremiah 29, 11, God says, I've got a plan for you. I've got a purpose for you. Are you fulfilling God's purpose, God's plan in your life? Are you living that out right now on a daily basis? You see, you'll never know God's plan for your life. You'll never know God's purpose for your life until you, all, first of all, know Him. Amen? He has a purpose for us. John 10 and 10, this is the scripture verse that we have on the back of our New Victory t-shirts that we've been handing out. And Jesus says this in John 10 and 10. He said, I have come that you might have life. Notice he said, I have come that you may and might have life, not religion. Hello? I've come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. In the present, now, while we're here on this earth, Jesus said, I've come to you. If you receive me, I want to bless you now. Yes, we know we're going to be blessed in the hereafter. We know we're going to spend eternity with our Lord. We know He's going to prepare a place for us according to John chapter 14. We know heaven is our home. We understand we're pilgrims just passing through. But Jesus said, I've come to bless you right now. If you receive me. Wow, what a message. I can't get hung up there i got to move on. Number three, he gives us a free ticket to heaven. Wow. If nothing else takes place, that one's worth it. To know that when I die... Now listen, guys. There's a lot of things that I'm fearful of. And I'm not going to start unpacking those and sharing those with you. But one thing that I am not afraid of, and that's to die. I'm not afraid to die. When I lay my head on my pillow at night, I don't worry and fret and pull my hair out <laughs> on whether if I don't wake up from my sleep, will I go to heaven? I know. First John 5, 13, the Bible says, These things I have written unto you that you may know that you have everlasting life. I know. I know whom I have believed. 
I know my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. I know that I am saved. I know that I am a Christian. And I feel sorry for those people that can't say that. Because what a miserable life you have to live if you do not know that the hereafter is taken care of. You live in fear every day. You'd have to. I know. I know as a result of receiving the good news that heaven's my home. What a wonderful message we have to proclaim. Amen? Our mission is to go and invite other people as Andrew did. Our message is share the good news. Tell folks about Jesus. And if you struggle right there, you just get them to church. I'll tell them for you. Amen? That's easy enough. Is it not? You bring them, I'll tell them. And then while you're bringing them and while I'm telling them, I'm going to help grow you so that you can tell them. Somebody say amen. Well, that may have scared you right there a little bit, didn't it? Okay. Let's back up. You bring them. Okay? I'll tell them. Well, thirdly, what's our motive? Let's hit these last two real quickly. What's our motive? Our motive. Why do we do what we do? It's our love for Jesus and other people. Now, guys, I'll be honest with you. Pastoring and ministering is not easy. But what is our motive? Why do we do what we do? Look what all Paul endured. Look what all he went through in his life as you study the life of the Apostle Paul. Matter of fact, one day somebody asked Paul, Paul, why do you do what you do? Why have you endured what you have endured? Why do you go through all the sufferings and the heartaches and the shipwrecks and the beatings and, and the false accusations? And, 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 and why do you do that, Paul? He answered that question in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 14. And he says this, For the love of Christ constrains me. The love of Christ compels me. The love of Christ motivates me. Paul, why'd you go through what you went through? Because I love the Lord. Amen. What is our motive? What's our motive for going and inviting? What's our motive for going and sharing the message? Is it just to build a big church? Let me tell you, if that's the motive, we've missed the mark. Hello? Anybody with me right there? What's the motive? The motive is we love the Lord. And the motive is we love and we're concerned about people that do not know Him. And we want to try to get the message to them. Well, what's our method in closing? Wrapping this thing up. What's our method? Well, I couldn't pick just one, so I put three on the screen for you. Our method, number one, this is the biggest one, invest and invite. <laughs> then there's a couple more I just couldn't get away from. Demonstrate and communicate, show and tell. How many remember show and tell back in elementary school when you was growing up? Did you guys have that up here? In the South, boy, we had that. And I couldn't wait, usually right after Christmas. And you got to bring in one gift and you got to just get up there. And I used to, I couldn't wait for show and tell. I love that as a child. But that's our method. Our method is to invest and invite. Our method is to demonstrate and communicate. Our message is to show and tell. Our method that's how we do what we do. We invest in people. 
And we invite them to church. We invite them to Christ. Colossians 3 and 17 says this. says, whatever you do or say, let it be as a representative of the Lord Jesus. Guys, listen. Why does it matter how we live our life? Because people are watching you. They're watching you. They know you're a believer in Christ. If they know you're a Christ follower, if they know that you're a Christian, they're watching. They may not come verbally tell you that they're watching, but you mark it down, they're watching. What do we need to do? We need to demonstrate how a Christian lives in front of them. Right? We need to show them how a Christian lives. And when we're doing that, you know what we're really doing? We're investing in them. You see, I'm a little bit from the old school. I grew up down in the southeast in North Carolina, back in the mountains, where everything was a Coke. Sundrop. I don't even know if you guys have Sundrop up here. Cheer One. I don't even know if you guys have that up here. That's what I grew up on. RC Cola. You familiar with that? Pepsis. Whenever you go to the store, to the little, we used to go to Kaiser's Market. Used to walk out there. And two things that I would get. I would tell my mom and dad, I'm going to get a Coke. Now get this, I had no money to go get a Coke. But you know what I did on the side of the road? I picked up, finish it for me, Coke bottles. Now we called everything a Coke. It may be a Sundrop bottle, a Cheerwine bottle, an RC Cola bottle. Nonetheless, we picked up a bottle. And we took the bottles, gathered them all up, went to Kaiser's Market. I'd go in there. And I'd mix my menu up a little bit, but two things I enjoyed doing was getting a Coke in a bottle and a bag of nuts. I'd pop the top off the bottle. Anybody with me here? You tracking with me? And I would pour the nuts in the Coke bottle. Now, here's what you had to do. You had to drink a little bit out of it first because it's going to start foaming. It sounds disgusting, but unless you've tried it, you just haven't lived. Matter of fact, I saw Roger a while back at Tom's Supermarket in the, in the parking lot there, and, and I was telling him we were fixing a barbecue, and he started, have you ever barbecued, and you ever barbecued a tomato? I said, why, no. So he, he's got some weird menus too, okay? Well, mine was Coke and peanuts, and of course, that's the norm. Something else you'd get, an RC Cola and a Moon Pie. You may familiar with that. So I mixed it up with those two things. I guess what I'm trying to get with this is I love Coke in a bottle. And something else that I love to drink is root beer. I love root beer. Anybody, any root beer lovers out there? Okay. I love that. My family and I, we went to Applebee's here in off Green Mountain here sometime back. And I go in and we order and I say, I want a root beer. And I couldn't wait to get that root beer. When they brought it, they put it on my table. Now guess what it was in? A bottle. I love to drink them out of a bottle. But guess what it looked like? Sitting on my table. Me a pastor. And there I sit. Sunday afternoon. With a... I promise you it was root beer. But it looked like alcohol. Because I'm concerned about what other people may perceive in my life. Because I'm concerned about demonstrating 
how especially a pastor should live. Because I'm concerned about the show and tell. Because I'm concerned about other people. I asked the waitress when she came, I said, Ma'am, could you please take this off my table and bring me root beer in a glass with ice in it? This bottle looks like I'm drinking alcohol. You see, guys, that's part of our method. We need to be careful how we live our lives because we're concerned about what other people perceive. Why? Because we want to share the message with them. So what is our method? Invest. Invest in people. Now, in in closing here, I want to do a couple things. I'm going to ask our ushers if they will, please. A couple things I want you to receive this morning. Number one, you're going to receive a little piece of paper like this that says, My Circles of Influence. Okay? The second thing you're going to receive is just a generic Victory Church brochure. And I want you to get about, it should be enough for everybody to get about five of these or so. Everyone get about five of these. Everyone get one of these, and I'm going to walk you through it. And I'm going to talk to you a little bit about our method on how we can invite, carry out our mission how we can share the message, the good news of Jesus Christ. Our motive is going to be because we love people. Okay? This is going to be part of our method. Listen, guys, Christmas is right around the corner. It will be here before you know it. And for those of you that have not budgeted Christmas in, let me remind you, it comes every year, December 25th. Prepare for it, okay? You know it's coming. Guys, do you realize that we are coming upon an opportunity when more and more unchurched people go to church at Christmas and Easter than any other time of year? I do not want us as a church to miss this window of opportunity to reach out to possibly a a Peter, a Simon, and bring them to Christ. Listen, guys, the next Billy Graham may be just outside these doors sitting at home this morning just waiting for someone to invite him to church. So I'm going to kind of wait till everybody has one. And then I'm going to proceed. I'm going to show you how we're going to do this. And then I'm going to close us with prayer. And then we'll just sing together the last song. Does everyone have, have it? You need about five of these brochures. And then we'll probably have more brochures left over and they'll be out on the table. And there you can pick up more if you would like. We're going to be running off more copies of these this week. So you'll be able to pick up more and more. We want to have thousands and literally thousands and thousands of these laying around. So that you can be involved in in passing these out. Okay? Let me share with you in closing our method. I want you to look at the little piece of paper... It says the circles of influence. I want you to see that right in the center, by by the way, guys, our guys, our people up on the stage need some as well. So if we can get some, get some up here to these guys. The center circle starts with ourself. What does that mean? Well, to really do this effectively. You need to have a right relationship with Jesus Christ. That's where it begins. Okay? So if you're here this morning, you don't know Christ is your Savior, my prayer is that you'll give your heart and your life to Him today. And I'll give you an opportunity to do that in just a moment. That's where it begins. 
And then I want you to see circle number two is at the top, and then we're going to work around clockwise. Number two is our immediate family. Number three, that's our relatives. Number four, these are our close friends. Number five, these are our work associates or our neighbors. Number six, these are our acquaintances. Now, just let me say this. Every single one of us know people in all different, what, one, two, three, different five circles on the outside. We all know people that will fit into every single one of these categories. All right? Now, I want you to turn over to the back. And I want you to do this right now. I want you to take out a pen, a pencil. I don't know if we have any pens or pencils available. I think we have some pencils. If you need something to write with, hold your hand up and we'll get it to you. Hey, guys, this is where the rubber meets the road right here. I told you it's more Sunday night and Wednesday night material, but I think it's important enough to do on Sunday morning. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to think about your immediate family. And when you're thinking about your immediate family, the names were writing on this piece of paper, and this is going to be yours to keep, okay? So don't have any fear that we're going to turn this in. This is yours to keep. This is what you're going to use to pray with on a daily basis. I want you to think about your immediate family and those individuals that do not know Christ or those individuals that maybe you're unsure about. You're just not sure what their relationship with Christ really is. I want you to write their names there. Once again, it's going to be yours to keep, but we're going to create a little moment right here for you to do that. Write their name there. Number two, we have relatives. That would be your extended family, aunts, uncles, cousins, nieces, nephews, so forth. They would be at your extended relatives. The third circle, the third break of line is our close friends. Just some friends. And now we're trying to search for people that are unchurched. They're not committed to a church anywhere, possibly not committed to Christ. And we want to write their names down. And this is only going to be for you. Nobody's going to see this, but just you. They're close friends. Think about your work associates and your neighbors, unchurched, possibly do not know Christ. Write their name down there. And then any acquaintances that you may have. You just know someone in passing. Write their name down. I'm going to ask Brother Harold to put us a little bit of music on for just about two minutes or so. As you start filling this out, and then I'm going to give you some instruction. Okay? Go ahead and think about this. This is our invitation today. This is what we're doing at the close of our service when we think about fulfilling our life mission, I want you to take a moment and do that. Harold, give us a little music, if you would, please. Oh, Lord, help me to keep my eyes on you. Oh, Lord, help me to keep my eyes on you. Because I can't walk the path You've chosen on my own Oh Lord, help me to keep my eyes on you Cause I want to live like you
Okay. We'll fade the music. What an appropriate song, is it not? Great job, Harold. Glad you picked that one. Help us to focus on him and take these steps of faith. Now, you've written some names on there. What's our method? Let's read these. What's our method? Invest and invite, demonstrate and communicate, show and tell. Who are we going to be investing in between now and Christmas and really the rest of our lives, but who are we going to be investing in between now and then? The people that you just wrote on this list. That's the individuals. Now, how can we invest in them? Here's what I want you to do. I want you today, Justin, if you give me my next slide, please. I want you today to make a commitment. I want you to commit that, number one, you will pray for the people that are in your circle of influence. That you'll bathe them in prayer. I mean, you'll every single day, you'll pray for their salvation. You'll pray for an opportunity to witness to them. You'll pray for an opportunity to invite them. You'll pray that they will come. You'll pray that God will work on their heart. And you'll just pray. How many can pray? Every single one of us can do that. Pray. Man, prayer is powerful, guys. And we need to, we need to keep this with us. Some of you ladies need to... Stick, wad this up and stick it in your purse. And guys, you need to put this in your wallet and you need to keep it close to you and you need to think about it often and you need to pray. And as you see these folks come to the Lord, you can write their name and put a line through it and praise the Lord out beside it. But guys, we need to pray for these folks. Chances are, and I don't know everybody you wrote down on that piece of paper, but chances are that the names that you wrote down there, if they die without knowing Christ... They're going to spend eternity in the devil's hell. That's how important it is that we pray for these individuals. That's how we're going to invest in them. What's another way that we're going to invest in them? Not only pray, but we're going to invite them to our weekend worship services. Let's stop right there a moment. We're going to make it a practice that we're going to be inviting folks on a weekly basis that they'll come to church with us and you come with them. But then I want you to look our Christmas special. Let me make an announcement here. I put it out through the, through the uh, email newsletter. We put it out in some uh, material today. But on December the 21st, the Sunday before Christmas, we are going to have a Christmas production, a Christmas special. We're going to kind of fall back a little bit and do a little bit of old school Christmas. We're going to have a Christmas cantata. And what we're going to have and what we want to invite you to do, we want you to get involved with what we're doing on Christmas. The band's not going to be playing on Christmas Day on the 21st. We want to give them the opportunity. We're going to have a choir up here as large as we can get. We've just got all the material, some of the material in this week. Uh, there's a sign-up sheet out on the worship table. And we're just going to sing to the top of our lungs about the Christ child, about Jesus, about Christmas. It has a wonderful message to the whole thing. Everybody can stand beside someone and sing. Can you not? So what's something else? What's another way that we're going to invest? We're going to invite folks to our Christmas service on December the 21st at 1030. And then you're going to invest. This is kind of a little twist in the arm right here. You're going to invest by singing to them as a choir on that particular service. Now get this. We have practice starting Thursday. 
And all we're going to do Thursday is get together at the church offices back there in the back room and we, it's going to have a DVD um, um, uh, theme and, and movie going along with what we're singing about and uh, we're just going to listen to it and watch it Thursday evening at 7 o'clock. If you want to be part of that, sign up out at the worship table that you want to take part in our Christmas cantata. You'd like to sing. I'm talking about just singing in the choir. Now, there'll be a few that have little solos, but if you're not com- comfortable with that, that's okay. But get in our choir, guys. We all can do that. We all can take part in that, okay? So I want to encourage you to do that. Be part of that. Now, the other five little pieces of brochure that you have, those are our victory brochures. What I want you to do between now and next Sunday, get rid of these, okay? And on the front of it, it says, come and join us. Currently meeting at Moy Elementary School. Has a lot of information about our church, the birth of our church, how we started, how we got to the point where we are today. People are going to be asking, why in the world are you meeting in a school? Well, it's not our first choice. We'd rather be on our property. We'd rather have a big church building. We'd rather be doing it there. But this is our transition. This is just where we are for now. Hello? Okay? So I want you to invite them. And give them, pass out these brochures. What's the last one I have? Oh, sing. I've already told you that. Get involved and sing in our Christmas cantata and be a part of that. The most important thing I've shared with you today is that you pray over these individuals. Okay? You pray over these individuals. Guys, what's your life mission? What is your life mission? What is it that we invite folks? I mean, that's just it. That's our mission, that we invite folks on a regular basis, we're soul conscious, we're worried about people, we're concerned about people, we're concerned about their well-being, and we want to invite them in and invest in them, okay? So let me pray for you in closing. Father, God, we thank you for this opportunity. We thank you, Lord, for this day. and We thank you, God, for our church and our church family and how you've blessed us to this day. But God, you've got more in store for us. God, we've got a whole community, a whole region, the entire Metro East. Many of them do not know Christ as their Savior. Many of them we already have relationships with. Many of them we already know. God, I pray for those names that we wrote on our Circles of Influence paper. God, I pray for those individuals right now. I pray, God, you would soften their heart. I pray they'd be receptive to the invitation and the message. I pray, God, for us as individuals that that we would pray over them on a daily basis. That we would see them come to know you as their Lord and Savior. Father, I ask you to bless us. We need your touch. We are nothing without you. God, I pray you would move in a miraculous way in our church. Father, we need to see you working. God, move among us. Stir our hearts. Help us, Lord, to get excited about ministry. Help us to get excited about our mission to go out into our world and invite them as Andrew did Peter. Father, I pray you do a work in our hearts and our lives. God, that only you can do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.